If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Crockover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, doctorate nurse practitioner and fertility coach. Today is part three of our PCOS series that we are doing all month long during PCOS Awareness Month. And today we're going to talk about supplements and medications commonly used to treat or offset symptoms of PCOS. Full disclaimer, always have a conversation with your healthcare provider on what is the best treatment for you. Today, I'm simply going to break down what is out there, what is being used. I feel like I could probably talk forever on this topic because there's so much that goes into it. But as you know, Hopeful Hints is short episodes, so we are just going to touch lightly on this. Remember, my inbox is always open, whether it's on social media or my email, or you can even contact me on Voxer. Uh, my username is Tara B Fertility, and let's have a chat about what you're experiencing or questions that you may have. So over the last two weeks, we have learned or things we've talked about is how PCOS is a it impacts multiple different organs in our system. It's an endocrine disease versus a reproductive disease. The reproductive part is a piece of it or a symptom of it. And it is a, more of a metabolic um, disease. So it impacts our metabolic and our reproductive system. I, I believe that treatment for PCOS should be individualized. There is many aspects about uh, treatment for PCOS that many people have in common or do similar things for. But your needs and the next person's needs for PCOS are very different. And so I believe in an individualized plan based on your presentation, your symptoms, what works for you, your routine, your your day-to-day life. I mean, we have to make this work for you and not make a cookie cutter program or implementation for everybody with this. And the thing I also see is that once you receive the diagnosis, there's a lack in like education that you're receiving. So that's something that I do with with many of my patients. So whether you're trying to become pregnant or not, we need to make this plan individualized for you. So at my practice, I treat PCOS patients who simply need help controlling their symptoms. And like I said earlier, um, this might be when they're in high school, college, trying to conceive or after they've had children. So there's certain aspects of the of the treatment that are similar, but there's many that need to be individualized. I take an approach where your first 
appointment with me, you receive a very in-depth educational session with that. And I go back and educate you on what is PCOS. And I run you through a PowerPoint breakdown that I've made on that and just really help make it easy for you to understand. And we move forward with goals of implementation from that. Many, if not all that I've seen recently have received little to no education on this disease once they've received the diagnosis. They get told to make lifestyle changes and they're not sure what that fully means or they've tried it and it's not working for them or they've been out there trying to find these things on their own and have hit roadblocks and barriers and it just hasn't worked so we quit doing things. And so we need to really learn to work with the long-term impact that this disease has because there is other diseases that we talked about last week like high blood pressure, sleep apnea, obesity that can come with this disease if it's not caught and treated early on. So today I'm gonna to touch very lightly on common medications and supplements used. Next week I'm gonna break down lifestyle interventions and ways you can manage PCOS beyond your reproductive years and of course during them. So before we get started, once again, I wanna encourage you and empower you to have a conversation with your healthcare provider about what treatment is best for you. Find a provider who's familiar with PCOS and really can give you that education that's needed along with it. So the first one I'm gonna start out with is oral birth control. It is most commonly used, and we know that PCOS causes hormonal imbalances, and so when you get placed on birth control, that has estrogen and progesterone in it typically. So what that does is birth control pills increase your estrogen, and what that does is lower your testosterone. So that helps keep your female hormones balanced. And with PCOS, you have an abnormal increase in your male hormones, we'll call them. And so as that level of testosterone and other androgens, which is your male hormones, come down, we see an improvement in symptoms. There also is progesterone-only birth control. And we see with that less side effects of birth control that we see with the combination birth control. So that is an option as well as to be on a progesterone-only birth control. So what do we see happen when taking this? So we will see improvement in acne, that abnormal hair or facial growth. We'll see cycle regulation happen. And it's important to have, once again, this discussion with your healthcare provider on birth control because there's so many different um, types of birth control nowadays or the amount of estrogen and progesterone in there is so different and there's different variations of treatments for oral birth control. So we also see if women have been on oral birth control for some time, like let's say in high school you got placed on, on birth control for whatever reason, you may have had PCOS prior to going on it and it wasn't diagnosed yet. And so it's sometimes discovered after coming off birth control, you're ready to start that family or you take a break from the birth control, we don't see cycles return. Or we see these symptoms like acne, obesity, weight gain, all the things happen once you come off of that birth control. I'd like to touch on both sides of treatment. So you'll have the more natural approach to uh, PCOS or infertility in general, and then you'll have the medical approach to things. So one thought is that when you take birth control, that there is um, issues with glucose regulation and insulin regulation, which is huge for PCOS. And one study showed that 
birth control can cause a 30 to 40 percent reduction in insulin sensitivity and that it also stops exercise from improving that insulin sensitivity. So I'm interested in seeing more about where research goes with this topic. I'm going to link any link that I talk about in today's podcast in my blog that gets put out on Fridays. And so I'll have them all attached in that blog. And so the thing with birth control and the other side of it is that ultimately putting you on birth control does not fix the root cause of your PCOS. It's more like a Band-Aid to regulate. It stops ovulation. So it's like blunting some of those hormones that are needed. And we want to know with your PCOS, like what is is the, the cause or the imbalance for you? And so I work with my patients to try to figure out that root cause with them and try different things with them. Once again, an individualized approach, right, to your care. So there's also side effects that come along with birth control. And so we really want to weigh those risks. And do you have history of things like migraines? Is there blood clots in your family? There's just so much that goes in that deep conversation you need to have with your healthcare provider for birth control. The next common medication that we commonly see that you've probably heard of or been on is metformin. And what metformin does is it makes the body more sensitive to insulin. And believe it or not, this actually is not FDA approved for PCOS, but it is most commonly I see used for PCOS. So what this does is it can help lower your elevated blood glucose levels, your insulin levels, and androgen levels. And this medication essentially works by helping the body better respond to insulin that it makes so your body's naturally making insulin and the metformin comes in and helps your body respond to that better it decreases the amount of sugar that your liver makes and it decreases the amount of sugar that is in that is absorbed by your intestines so it does a lot with that insulin sugar regulation the side effects of metformin is what i see often leads to people stopping it the diarrhea, the bloat, there's just some nasty side effects that can come along with metformin. I also see metformin used in combination with other medications or supplements. So myo-inositol is hands down my favorite one. And this can be paired, and I've seen it paired with metformin. So we, it is thought that in women with PCOS, the mechanism needed to convert inositol to make it available is not quite working like it should. And myonestol is actually found in foods and it's naturally occurring in our bodies. So what happens then is the overall impact um, that this supplement can bring to your healthcare is that once again, it kind of does just like metformin does, it increases insulin sensitivity. So inositol is produced by the body. It's like I said, it's found naturally in food. And um, we know that it is, there's been some studies that show that women with PCOS actually have lower levels of this in occurring within them naturally. The exact mechanism by which it works to improve ovulation isn't fully known or understood. But once again, it's, it's thought to be linked to glucose and insulin sensitivity, which is so important with, with PCOS. Um, NAC or N-acetylcysteine is another one. And what this does is it works like an antioxidant. And so it has a potential to improve insulin receptor activity as well. Key theme here, insulin, and improve the secretion in response to glucose. So why does this matter? Because it keeps getting brought up with all these medications, right? 
So decreased levels of circulating insulin can lead to a reduction in testosterone levels and those androgen um, and free androgen, so all of those symptoms. So overall, what these are doing is decreasing those androgen levels, testosterone symptoms, um, and levels within you. There's a study I found that showed when, I call it NAC for short, it's N-acetylcysteine combined with L-arginine supplement is shown um, to restore ovulation cycles and find to get your ovulation cycles into a more routine pattern. Um, it can protect egg quality because remember we can't create better eggs, we can't create more eggs, but we can protect and preserve quality eggs, right? So that's, it's thought to help with that as well. And um, PCOS patients are shown to have higher levels of oxidative stress than women without. And so you have more of an inflammation process going on, which I talked about last week as well. It's thought that this um, oxidative stress can damage cells and promote inflammation, which in turn worsens the whole metabolic process that goes along with PCOS. And so overall, um, NAC is used to fight that um, and fight and reduce inflammation, and it's a powerful antioxidant. The third one is just hands down probably my favorite supplement for anything and everything always, vitamin D. Um, so if you do not live somewhere that's sunny all the time, having you on a vitamin D supplement is crucial. I typically recommend to my patients and myself, I take 5,000 IU international units daily. So vitamin D is um, thought to help regulate genes and genetic aspects in our, within our body. It's also great for insulin sensitivity. There again, it's helping with our insulin. So it also helps promote mature follicles. And there's studies linked to um, miscarriage and implantation. There's a lot of studies in the reproductive world uh, going on with this. It also helps with our immune system. So, you know, we're rolling into that season again where our immune system needs to be nice and strong. So it does help with other things outside of fertility as well. We know that it plays a role in reproduction, including ovarian follic follicular development. Uh, follicle-stimulating hormone sensitivity, and progesterone production. So it does play a role in that as well. One study I found demonstrated that vitamin D supplementation at high dose for a period of 12 weeks may lead to improve, um, improved levels of glucose, um, insulin sensitivity. If you have cholesterol levels that are high, it can help lower that, and overall hormone improvement in women with PCOS. So there is something going on with that improving our hormones, and it's just one that I recommend you add just for overall health as well. So I included in today's show notes, I created a PCOS checklist for you to get you feeling better and get your symptoms more regulated and improved with PCOS. Elon Health is the supplier of one of my favorite myonacetol products and all month long they are doing a giveaway for a chance for you to win a six month supply of their myonacetol products. So head on over to Elon Healthcare. I will put the link in today's show notes and use the code Terra15 for a discount. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hopeful Hints. 
see you back here next week, Tuesday. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you really love the show, make sure to leave a review. Thank you for listening. See you next week. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.